Welcome to this episode of Laughing Without Liquor, a woman's guide to living it up without the booze. Join your long-term recovery hosts, Lane Kennedy and Tamar Medford, as they have insightful conversations with others on an alcohol-free journey. We're glad you're here. Now let's dive into this episode. Laughing Without Liquor, the content presented on the Laughing Without Liquor website and podcast is for informational purpose only and not intended to diagnose or treat disease. Before making any changes to your nutrition or supplementation, please make sure to check with your physician or healthcare provider. Laughing Without Liquor podcast is for general information purpose only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including or giving medical advice and no doctor patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition that they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare profession. So we're just letting you know that we're here sharing our experience, and we want you to take your health serious. So that's our disclaimer. Enjoy the show. Mm, Smells wonderful. I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my friend Lane Kennedy. You're hanging out with us. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you for listening. Uh, This is Laughing Without Liquor, a new episode where we're talking about my favorite subject tomorrow. Are we? Yeah, this is, this is big, but before we get into it, let's talk about what the reset, the reset, the newsletter. I mean, so many good things. The book. 2024 (laughs) is already an amazing year and we haven't even like, you know, and a week from now, we're going to be stepping into 2024. We haven't even stepped into it and it's already amazing. It's so good. So if you're listening to this, I hope that you're uh, vibing as much as we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the wave in me is really uh, pushing out. So I hope that you're feeling it today uh, because it's a good day here. Welcome to the show. Let's go. Hey. So we're talking about one of your favorite topics. I know. You want to get into it? You almost, you almost said it. Control. Control. I, I joke around often Mm. that in my previous life, I used to be the general manager of the universe. A hundred percent. And let me tell you that job is exhausting. Yes, it is. When I stepped down from that job, life started to happen Mm-hmm. And it was a lot, it, 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 there was not as many bumps. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, control is, oh man, it's so intense. I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's so sneaky the way that I try to control things. Like I just controlled the intro right there, right? You did. Yeah, Look it's manipulation know. at its like the best. It's so intense. And you don't even know that you're being controlling or being controlled sometimes. And we do it every day, every day. It's looming. I I feel like, you know, it's always there in a way, Mm -hmm. but the big difference today, as opposed to, you know, say 10 years ago 
is do we have the ability to recognize a situation in our life that we cannot control and we can let go of it mm -hmm. and just let it happen? Because I feel like that's where I got into trouble mm -hmm. is when I started to, to control things that weren't within my control. Yeah, nothing is in our control. No, it's not. I've learned that. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous that I think that I can control things. Right. right? Right. This is the mental twist here of living as somebody with addiction issues, <laughs> control <laughs> issues. Right. So I, I kind of want to break it down a little bit uh, on like, how do we get these issues? Like where, where do they stem from? Do you have any ideas? I, for mine, I feel like it was because my life was so out of control at mm. certain periods. Mm -hmm. And so I figured that if I could just get control over everything, it would be mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. But that just made things spiral further out of, out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if we just look at from psychology, like this, the roots of control, right? We're, we're going to look at early childhood. Think about when you were young and, you know, the things that you tried to control, like I, Barbie, I could control Barbie and Ken. I could, I could control my brother. Sometimes I would get on top of him and do spitballs on top. <laughs> like I could control, uh, but, but I couldn't control my dog. I couldn't control my dad hitting me until I was 13. And I said, you're never going to touch me again. Mm -hmm. Right. The, so that early childhood experience just kind of sets us up on how far we can control things or not. And we're watching an early childhood, right? What our parents and other adults are doing around us. Mm -hmm. um, teachers controlling the classroom. Miss mm -hmm. Funk, she had a control on that classroom. Miss Klein, not so much. Yeah, we've right. all Let, been in that class, right? Yeah. So totally. really, um, that early childhood just kind of locks into us, and then for the rest of our lives, we are then using control in some way, shape, or form from those experiences. Yeah. And I, I want to go even further back, right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. A little science into this is that, Bring it. you know, from the time that we're babies, mm -hmm. right? We cry to get what we want. We become toddlers, right? We throw temper tantrums. We start that manipulation game very mm -hmm. young. And mm -hmm. I think this is where, you know, we can start to develop bad habits because, mm -hmm. As a child, right, if you had the parents and, and my parents would just say no, and that was it. If we tried something else that, that we, they weren't going to tolerate that. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But, you know, someone who throws a temper tantrum over and over and, and the parents like, OK, here, just have the ice cream or just have right. this. Right. You know, as we age, we start to handle other situations like that, right? At work, if we don't get what we want, then we're going to start to pout or we're going to be vindictive or we're going to start to gossip. Like we start manipulating at a very, very young age. And if we're not aware of it at this point, yep. you know, I'll still catch myself doing things where I, I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I was trying to control the situation for my benefit. Mm -hmm. 
It wasn't for the other person. Mm -hmm. It was because I wanted things to be a specific way. And so I thought I can control that. Right. And I feel like we learned that at a very, like as babies. Right. Controlling the environment. Yeah. Right. And, and then there's like the avoiding, either avoiding vulnerability, Mm -hmm. right. Or being dominant. Right. So I'm just thinking about a four-year-old right now, right. Playing with dolls Mm -hmm. and it's either like, I'm going to play with those dolls and they're going to be mine. And you're not going to have that. Right. There's like a dominant thing happens or the other person comes in and takes them. And then there's a sense of vulnerability of like, Ooh, I don't want to feel that. Right. So we're at that very young age, we're learning how to self-protect, which is just nuts. Right. Like that's, we're starting to yeah, just it's wild. It's I wild. F- I feel like everybody needs to hear that song. Was it by the Stones that you can't always get what you want? I cannot. That that has to be played in our head repetitively. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. think this is where faith almost comes in. Is it sometimes when things seem really out of control, we have to lean into that and just realize that it's going to happen the way it's going to happen. And it's okay. We're going to come out of this. You might be a little bumps and bruises, but it's going to be okay. The other place where I think we start to learn about control or self-protection is through trauma, through the sense of anxiety, um, through a trauma for me. I mean, I was 12 years old and we were something very traumatic happened in our house. And from that point on, I, had to navigate the world in a very different way. And I always, like I was in charge of the blinds, right? I was in charge of the lights. I was in charge, right? Like I took on like ownership of the safety of our house. Mm -hmm. And that was trauma that I, you know, I still sometimes I'm like, okay, lock the doors, shut the light, did it. Right. It's still there. It's, Mm -hmm. but it's control. Yeah. Controlling, protecting the self, Mm -hmm. which I don't even need to do it anymore, but it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of our habits come from the way we were raised, the experiences Mm -hmm. we've had, and we don't even realize it sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I have things coming up now that, I had trauma from when I was in my early twenties Yeah, that I thought was long gone. But if I'm charged, right. If something happens where where all of a sudden I get that fight or flight, I'm like, wait a minute, this is coming back from here. This is why this is happening. So yeah, it's uh, it, it comes back. It's always there. Like having the sense of uncertainty. Yeah. Like I, I don't want that as a human uh, no, I don't want uncertainty. I need to know, right? Like that goes back into that reptilian brain of like, oh, I have to survive. So I need to control the environment. Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting how we evolve. The other area where I find my control <laughs> come into play is, is around, you know, again, I just go to my environment, like, like having everything perfectly placed my husband is like notorious for this. Like everything has to be placed in the right spot. Perfect. Like perfectionism, right? It's 
Like the milk goes in its own spot. But that is a sense of control, controlling the environment, making sure that he feels safe, making sure that my family feels safe. Oh, that's so funny that you bring that up because Mm -hmm. for me, living on my own, single, and now living with kids, Mm -hmm. that it's something that I still struggle with is that control over the environment, right? Because I'm I'm very tidy. I like things in a certain way. And, you know, when you have a a seven-year-old who's neurodivergent, you Mm -hmm. can't control a lot of things. And there are things where, you know, my partner had to sit me down at one point and said, listen, it's not worth the fight for certain things, right? And I have to put down how I was raised, what I grew up believing, how I want to control this situation. And there's things that I got to let go. And that's hard. It takes practice. That's for sure. Oh, it takes so much practice. (laughs) And it takes, well, it's self-awareness. Yes. Right. And I think that's this long-term sober game is where is your self-awareness with control? And I joke with myself, like I'm super, super fucking like aware, but I'm still super controlling. Yeah. Like, just am. I just, it's ridiculous. And I play it off. Like I'm not. And I'm like, you know, I mean, why do you think I went down the whole mindfulness path? Mm-hmm. Because I was so controlling. Like, oh, I got to let that shit go. Right. No, I'm still controlling. <laughs> oh God. It's yeah, exhausting I- being me. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's exhausting for any of us who still want to control everything. It's too much. Yeah. So I think you know the you've people have probably heard the serenity prayer. You know, mm-hmm. meditate. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, like you said, it's just that self awareness and having the tools in our toolkit that when mm-hmm. we feel like we're trying to control things and things are starting to unravel, that it's okay to step back. And just, and I say the serenity prayer often multiple times a day, right? That I just, if I can't change this or I can't control it, I need to let it go. It's easier said than done, but at least I have something I can say in my head. Yeah. I, I like to look at control as positive as well, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it can really have, it can propel me in life yep. if used in a certain manner, right? But I have to, again, be self-aware to know, oh, I'm doing this to move forward in my life. It's yes, it's critical that I keep an organized calendar right now. That is a great way to use control. Mm-hmm. Is it my calendar? I agree. It's not a great tool in my family life and, and getting in, in between the relationships, right? Like, so I, I need to really discover, like, where can I use that part of me that wants to control and where can I let it go? Like, so it goes back to like balancing and being flexible, wearing my mindful coat. Oh God. And I think that form of control, I a hundred percent agree with you. That's self, right? Yeah. That's self control. Yeah. But that also goes along with commitment because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us at times feel like you know, we're not managing, we're not hitting the goals we want to achieve, we're not taking care of ourselves. At a certain point, you're the one 
that is in control of your time. I mean, there are right. things outside that you have to do, right. but commit to getting some of that self-control and saying, okay, no, I'm going to commit to going to the gym or doing yoga. I'm going to commit to eating right. Those are things that we can control. It's so, not a lot. No, take charge of that. No, it's very, it's very minimal. But if you can take control of it, do it. <laughs> I think one, I'm just going to go back to mindfulness again mm-hmm. and, and how when I'm really living my, my best mindful life, I'm in the present moment, which doesn't leave room for that overbearing personality that I can become. Like I own that that's control. But when I'm really present with something, like I'm, I'm not really controlling it because I'm open and I'm listening. Mm-hmm. Right. I, it's just mindfulness. It always comes back to mindfulness. It does. It's a wonderful thing. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I think also, you know, when we're wanting to get away from control, it's like how, how, like, what are three ways that you're like, not you, you're like using to not control things tomorrow? Well, the first thing I do, and I had a hard time doing this before was ask myself the question, is this something I can control? Yeah. yeah if the yeah. answer is no, yeah, like I will ask myself out loud tomorrow, can you control the situation right now? And it's usually a hard yes or a hard no. Right. Right. If it's a yes, then do something about it. If it's a no, walk away. Yeah. Walk That's away. the first thing I do is ask that question. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, well, yeah, that question is really sometimes it doesn't even appear. Because <laughs> we don't want it to. We shove it in our back pocket. Yeah. I just, it's gone. Um, I think like physical movement is really good for me. Mm-hmm. So I will take the dogs out. I will, you know, walk around the block. Um, that That's if I feel like my body becoming tense, I will even start to like shake. Like there's a, a couple of mindful movements that I do in my classes where I just shake my entire body or, um, but yeah, I have to get into my body that that's kind of, that really helps me. Uh, the other thing that I'll do is I'll call somebody. Yeah. Hello. I'll just make a phone call and say, I am like being a controlling B I T C H. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> this is crazy town. And through that conversation, something magical happen. Mm-hmm. And then I'm not so controlling. Um, what else? I sleep on it. If it's oh something, God, sleep. Yeah, you know, because I, I never realized the power of pause. And for mm-hmm. me, sometimes that pause needs to be a full eight hour mm-hmm. is if mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm really trying to control the situation and it's something that I can sleep on. Mm-hmm. I will revisit it in the morning. And mm-hmm. I would say nine times out of 10, when I wake up and I think about that again, mm-hmm. it's taken away a lot of the, you know, like the power is almost gone. And I'm like, really? 
Did I need to? Con no, because I'm in the moment when my senses are all heightened or maybe I'm angry or upset. I can't make good decisions mm -hmm. typically, mm -hmm. but when I'm calm, and I guess this is again where mindfulness falls into play, when mm -hmm. I'm calm, I can make good decisions and I will usually make a better decision at that time. I sleep on a lot of things today. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so great. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I'm like, let's do it now. And you're like, let's pause. <laughs> like, oh, Talk about that tomorrow morning, Lane. Uh, I think it's really also important to just think about the sanity, mm -hmm. right? Like how important is this thing that you're trying to control? Like, it's probably not that important. No. I mean, yeah, yesterday I was trying to get across town and there was traffic and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go the other way. Okay. Then I'm going to go the other way. Like things just kept happening. Right. I was yeah. trying to control the flow of me getting somewhere. And then this is three attempts to get across town, three different ways. Okay. And I, I decide, oh, I'm going to go up this little, no, the street that nobody's ever on. Right. I go up the street, I take a left and then boom, the train pulls up in front of me. And I was like, are you effing kidding me right now? Like lack of power is my dilemma. I have no power in that. Like I can't, I'm not going around the train because it's a one way. I can't like, there's no way I can take my car and manipulate and control that situation. And I suddenly had this thought of, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to be there at that time. I guess I'm supposed to get there when I get there. I still got there in plenty of time, but then the person who was meeting me was effing late. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And if you like that awareness, I think that's a perfect example, Lane, because during that time, as you made turners at turns, as you made calls to go a different way, you're probably getting all worked up. Oh, my body. I was like, ah! right. And then yeah. you get there and all of a sudden it's like, a, why was I doing that? No. You it, just it, added stress to your body for no mm -hmm, reason. Mm -hmm. It did. That's a perfect example, Lane. It, it was it was so great. I was just like, are you kidding me? This is happening now. But once I got there and I just sat there and I thought, wow, that was a lot of stress. I, I let it go and laughed. I la I literally started laughing out loud. It was great. Yeah. I think that's one of the gifts I got from traveling for business for, you know, a few years was you can't control flights. You can't control rush hour traffic. So you just kind of got to go with it sometimes. And, and that has helped me help me go with the flow a little bit more than I used to, because yeah, I used to get some serious road rage if things were not going my way. Cause I hate being late. So that's a great example. And thank you for sharing that. And I cannot control the dogs. Oh no, you can't control the no, dogs. No, this dog situation and, and how he is so busy. Literally. I wish you could see Magnus into right everything, now. Everything into yeah. everything always crying, wants in and out of the door. Like, I can't control that. No. I just you, have to let it go. You and probably it. hear my dogs barking in the background occasionally because that's just what they do. Just got to let it go.
Yeah, but we love them anyway. No. Yeah. So uh, anything else about control and what you want to share with our listener today? I think we gave um, some really good tips and suggestions. So just start practicing them, you know, pick one that you want to start today and just start noticing situations, journaling, right? Lame pen to paper. Yeah. Pen to paper. I was just going to say that. It's so funny. You read my mind. Of course I did. Yeah. I was thinking about like, you know, if you're stuck on something and you want to control it, right. Mm -hmm. Just exploring the limiting belief you have perhaps. Yeah. Like why must you control it? Like what, what belief has in you is stuck on that Yeah, and it's not really necessary. No, exactly. (laughs) Like this dog. (laughs) He has a pretty cool dog. They're both cool dogs. Uh, And then that's it. Well, the other thing that I want to mention is just like, you know, when we get, I know for myself, when I get caught in these control loops, you know, I have a personality shift. Mm -hmm. I don't recognize it, but there is a personality shift. I get a little more tense. Yes. And my son will say, what's got you all wrapped up? Right. And I'll be like, oh, like, oh, right. So then I have a moment of, oh, I'm really controlling right now. And I just need to, again, put that pause in, Mm -hmm. but also have a little compassion and empathy for my son. And then for me as well as to like, why am I doing this? Again, going back to that internal dialogue and I give myself a break. I'm like, oh, it's fine. And we have to give ourselves a break. Totally fine. Um So Tis the season, right? Where we're, we're just super stressed out right now. Traffic is horrible. Mm -hmm. If you live in a, you know, city, uh, deliveries from UPS and FedEx are being thrown to the doorsteps. Uh, packages are going to be late. Yeah. Christmas trees and menorahs, like all of it is out and about the house is a wreck, but that's okay. Because you have your beautiful alcohol-free life and you're doing it the best you can, which is amazing. Exactly. You're part of the solution and not the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God for that. You're making the world a better place. Yeah. And it's, I think I feel so grateful for my partner is because she will look at me in times where I'm trying to control things and say, mm-hmm. In the, you know, greater, like, if you look at the big picture here, babe, is that really a big deal? And in the moment, it's a big deal to me, but you know what? It's not. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so I hope that you have somebody that can help you with that, can call you out because we do. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you need support in this area, reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Like, is there things that you have problems con- with control and you want to talk about it? We're here for you. So. Well, and that's where the recovery reset would come into play. Totally. So absolutely make sure that you get on the wait list for that. Uh, we're starting January 31st uh, and make sure that you're on the life jacket newsletter. You can sign up for that over on the website. Mm-hmm. You'll see it in the upper right-hand corner. So good to talk about control. I feel better. I do too. Honestly, like I feel so good. We can yes. fast. I'm a recovering control freak. That's it's right. All good. <laughs> Tamar, thanks for hanging out with me. It's been a blast, Lane. Thanks for being with us. Bye, everyone. 
Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Laughing Without Liquor. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Living in recovery can be a blast, and we are glad you're laughing without the liquor with us. We hope you'll join us again in the next episode. Until then, take care.